0: Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow podcast, cash podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash-flowing assets, such as real estate, stock, stock investing, investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance, finance guidance. guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host, Andrew Shutsky. Our guest today is Matt Jones. Matt has quite a few things going on. Let's dig in a little bit. So, Matt's a multifamily real estate investor based out of Minneapolis. He's a founder of Hawkwing Capital. He's the author of a newly released book, The Book About Real Estate. And we'll get into that in a little bit. And he's also the co host of the Pillars of Wealth Creation podcast with Todd Dexheimer. So, Matt, you've got a lot going on. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. Yeah, great to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's get after it. Um, Let's start with your background. How how the heck did you get into real estate? Well, when I was in my 20s, I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and my
2: mind was blown. (laughs) Like, holy cow, why didn't anybody teach me this stuff? That there's uh, a different way to go about money and finances in life. And um, so I... uh, did a lot of uh, research. Uh, I think I, I it took me a long time before I pulled the trigger, and uh, so it was 35 before the first time I bought uh, actually a property,
1: and uh, it's, just, it's gone from there, I suppose. Yeah, you hear that a lot. I mean, specifically that book. Um, everybody always says it's changed their lives in many ways, and you know, me included. And the one regret people often say is they they often wish they had gotten started sooner. Yeah. So you know what what kind of what got in your way between reading that book and then buying your first property?
2: Well, so I joined some network marketing with some friends to try to gain up some money and uh, to be able to buy real estate, but then that went sour. And um, so I just got distracted, I suppose, by life. And I still had that dream of real estate, but uh, just lack of knowledge, lack, lack of uh, network, um, lack of willingness to just jump in and do it is what delayed me until finally enough was enough. And it was like, okay, now's the time. And, uh, Looked at some properties and found one that I liked well enough. So what, what did your first property look like? It was a triplex that I house hacked. So I lived in one unit and then rented out the other two.
1: Okay. How, how long ago was that? Uh, that was in 2015. Okay. And was that just a straight, everything was ready to go turnkey, or did you have to dig in a bit and tear down well, some walls? And- no, not
2: too bad, I suppose. It was an FHA loan. So uh, with that, I'm not allowed to have too many things. But I, I did some upgrades, certainly, to increase rents.
1: Okay. Okay. So what do you look for in a in typical investment? Where do you go from here? I know you're into multifamily, but you know, in either space, w- what's your criteria? What are you looking for?
2: Well, now I'm focused on large multifamily syndication. So I'm looking for properties that have 75 uh, units or more, because mm-hmm. that's sort of the threshold where a property can afford to have on-site full-time staffing. So like a 75 unit can have uh, a full-time leasing person and a full-time maintenance person. And then if you have a you know, bigger property, uh, maybe a 200 unit, then you can afford two of each and so on and so forth.
1: Sure. So I'm so we-
2: looking for properties that are value add. Uh, so maybe the property is you know, you're kind of run down, but it's in a decent neighborhood, but it's uh, maybe the worst property in the neighborhood. That you know That's a great property <clears throat> to buy because then I can renovate that, get it up to snuff to up to what uh, the neighborhood is looking for in a property and rent it out for market rate rents, and make a lot of money way.
1: Yeah, sounds great. So you're based out of Minneapolis. Are you looking in that area? Are looking outside of that area a little bit? No,
2: unfortunately, yeah, there's really not much turnover of properties in Minneapolis. You know, people just buy and hold their properties for a long period of time. Uh, The most recent stats I have are from 2019. In all of that year, the whole metro area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, only 19 properties of 100 units or more sold. For that wow. entire year, or actually, I'm uh, I'm sorry, it was 22 properties at school, but then 19 of those were from out of state investors. So, like people just are not turning over properties around here, and plus it's becoming increasingly less landlord friendly uh, in Minneapolis. So I'm focused more on the North Carolina market. I really like the metrics there. Uh, you know, it's a growing market, lots of jobs, lots of more people. Crime is reducing. Uh, you know, income is increasing. All sorts of great things.
1: So, how's that working out of state? Do you frequently make trips out there? What What recommendation would you give someone to buy remotely? I mean, there's a lot of hesitancy here out there. Well, like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get on a plane. And what advice would you give someone looking remotely? Well, luckily, technology these days is big enough or, and, and great
2: enough that like you really don't have to be in a market uh, physically to really invest there. Yep. It, you'll need to build a team of people that are local uh, to be able to help you out. And then every once in a while, you'll need to make physical trips out there. Just to make sure the place is completely trashed and uh, places are on target with the reconstruction and things like that. But uh, with technology and a local team, you can invest anywhere.
1: Absolutely. So who's been your biggest inspiration in the investment world? Is there, is there a single individual that stands out or maybe a couple people? Well, I mean, of course, there's Robert
2: Kiyosaki. And you know, hearing his story, uh, you know, that is like, well, he's the king of, of uh, cash flow knowledge right there. But uh, my mentor, Todd Dexheimer, who I co-host, the uh, Pillars of Wealth Creation uh, podcast, he's been really teaching me a lot and helping me uh, to get my feet on the ground when it comes to large multifamily syndication.
1: And I, kind of last piece around your background, the investment, um, what, what would you say is your biggest lesson learned to date? when it comes to you know either single, multifamily, real estate in general?
2: My biggest lesson that I had to learn the hard way is that you really can't do it alone if you want to achieve massive success. I mean, you can invest in real estate alone. It's just going to go really slowly for you. And that's what it was like for me for those first few years. I was uh, you know saved up my earned income to be able to do a down payment on a property. And I saved up my income to be able to buy another property. And it was just So so slow, but if you work with other people, if you team up with other people, and you help each other out, then I mean, the sky's the limit. Like you, you don't have to go slowly. You can go very, very quickly. The more people that you work with,
1: man, I can really relate to that, and I'm sure many out there listening can as well. Okay, let's shift gears a bit. Uh, The main focus, and and I'm I'm really glad you're here today. Talk about your book. So tell us about the book about real estate. It's got this vague, broad title. Tell us about it. What what is it about?
2: It's the kind of book that I wish that was out there when I first started investing in real estate and researching real estate, because it's a book about the whole spectrum of real estate investing. What I did, and you know, basically there's a gazillion different ways to invest in real estate. And you can make lots of money with any of them. Uh, my advice is just choose one that you like and then do the best at that particular one. But uh, I mean, you can invest in uh, single family, small multifamily, large multifamily, uh, Uh, commercial, like, you know, strip malls uh, or uh, self-storage, mobile home parks, all sorts of different things. And what I did was I took the top book that I could find about each different way of investing in real estate. And I summarized it, reviewed it, got down to the meat and bones of what the information is from that book and squeezed it down to a chapter worth of material. And so my book is a book about other real estate books. So by reading my book, you essentially read 23 different books about real estate. You wow. understand the whole spectrum of real estate investing very quickly. And then from there, decide which specific angle is right for you.
1: That's brilliant. That's a huge, it kind of reminds me of the cliff notes uh, back in high school on college days. It gives you, it's almost like a buffet of real estate investing, right?
2: Yep. I, I think of it as uh, if you ever saw the movie Matrix, when mm-hmm. uh, Neo had all of uh, Kung Fu downloaded into a, his brain in a few seconds, I think of it like, like you, know, you read my book and then you'll be like, oh, I know real estate.
1: Yeah, that's phenomenal. Um, Again, you can dig into any one area. Did you have a favorite of all those? I mean, obviously very time consuming to go through 20 plus books. Did you have a favorite one or two? Is it the obvious answer with uh, Uh, Obvious
2: answer with Rich Dad. Uh, And then, you know, with my keenness for apartment syndication, it would be best ever apartment syndication book by uh, Joe Farrellas and Theo Hicks.
1: That's in my top three. I can't decide where in the top three. It's definitely in my top three, and I like you. I'm, I'm a book nerd, so that's uh, those two you mentioned are just they have to be in the top five of anybody's list. It has to be. Yeah, I mean, there's every book
2: that I I cover is book is great. I mean, uh, as I was reading and researching all the different books. Uh, and I found these top ones. I was like, well, this is such great information. I'm like really excited. Uh, I almost have the shiny object syndrome where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wholesaling. That's really cool. Maybe yep. I should check that out. Or uh, note investing. That's really cool. Or tax liens. Uh, you know, this is all really cool. But uh, alas, I have to keep my focus on uh, what interests me the most. Because you know, if I try to do all these different ways of investing in real estate, I'm not going to get anywhere at all. Uh, so uh, I stick to my lane with apartment syndication.
1: But like you mentioned, it was a great point earlier on when you, at the beginning, you may not know what you like. Is it self-storage? Is it flipping? Is it wholesaling? And by having a sampling in your, like you have in your book, it kind of open your eyes to different options. And from there, you can dig in deeper, buy the entire book, go deeper, you know, find podcasts, YouTubes, whatever it may be. So that's what's so great about it, I think. That's what I like about it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And my, my advice to my readers, if you find a particular chapter or topic that really interests you, buy the original book that I write about, because you know, I, I'm summarizing the information, but there's just so much more great information that I had to cut out in order to really reduce the, the book down to a chapter worth of material. So if you're interested in wholesaling, buy the original uh, wholesaling book that I mentioned, uh, and I also give some references for some additional reading for wholesaling or note investing or whatever particular thing you're you're going for.
1: Yeah, I like that. So, what was your main motivation for for starting to write the book? I mean, did you wake up one day and say, "Yeah, oh, I'm tired of plowing through all these books. I want to summarize something." What was your original inspiration? Well,
2: I was reading the book uh, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. and that book talks about finding a niche that uh, nobody else is doing and I was thinking like, oh, what's going to be my niche? And I was thinking like, oh, man, what if there was like a a book about other real estate books? But then I thought, oh, man, that's too good of an idea. Somebody else has already done that. And I want to buy that book just to read it myself. So I looked it up. It doesn't exist. It's a a new concept. And so I consulted with the property rights or intellectual property rights attorney, just to make sure that I was doing things uh, legally and it was even possible. And uh, he gave me some specific rules to follow to make sure I'm under the fair use law. So I'm not like repeating uh, word for word people's original books. I'm, I'm more like rephrasing it and like, here's what, how I interpret this information and how it can be useful for you.
1: Had you gotten any pushback from any of the authors? I mean, any, Did you requ- did you need to get written permission or did anybody contact you?
2: Yeah, well, I reached out to all of the original authors just to let them know what was going on because I wanted them to know my intention was to get people to buy their original books and not to steal their material, um, but to more have a symbiotic uh, relationship where we were helping each other out kind of thing. And uh, not all the authors responded to me, but the ones that did, uh, you know, most of them were instantly like, whoa, this is great. (laughs) You're going to help me sell more of my books. And some of them were more like curious, like, how is this? Like uh, one of uh, them is uh, a, an attorney, and so he wanted to see all the material that I'd written. And I was like, "Yeah, of course." He so, and you know, once the, um, he saw what I was doing, you know, he didn't have a problem.
1: I'm curious to see if this becomes a trend. You might, you might be a trendsetter, Matt. There might be hmm. more uh, books about books about different subjects and summarize. So we'll see what happens. Yep. So, what is your process like from the time you said, "Okay, I read Four Hour Work Week." I'm ready to do this. Like, did you start with an outline for those that, you know, like me, been thinking about it for years? How do you know, what's your recommendation? How did you frame this? How was your work ethic like?
2: Well, I had already read, uh, you know, a bunch of different books about real estate. So I already had a kind of a basis of understanding of of, uh, different angles of real estate investing. But what I started was uh, first to make sure that what I was going to do was legal and, and possible. And then I made that outline. I, uh, figured out all the different ways of investing in real estate that I wanted to write about. And then I uh, did some additional research, uh, read different books of the different topics until I found one that really shined above the rest. And then from there, I was mostly just sitting at uh, breweries, drinking some beer, typing on my laptop, reading the books and, and summarizing. And it, was, it was basically the, the longest book report that I've ever, <laughs> you know, um, but it's great. I mean, because it's all like all the, the best information out of these books, I think my book is super exciting because like every yeah. single word just blows your mind. It blew my mind. Like, like, holy cow, this is possible to do all these things uh, in real estate. Um, so it's it's pretty exciting, actually, all the information that's in there.
1: Yeah, what, what I like about it, it kind of cuts out the fluff. A lot of times you have these long build-ups, introductions, you know, thanks to my mom, my dog inspired me to do this. And yours just gets right into it. Like it yes, gets right into to the point. meat, the middle section, which is great. Uh, how are you able to stay motivated? How long did it take you? I guess to, to do this whole thing start to. Finish? It
2: took me about a year to write the book, and then another uh, six months or so to go through the editing process with my editing company.
1: And how with any any trouble staying motivated? or you just kind of chip away at it week after week? Uh, I mean, chip. Yeah, you got to chip after at uh, week after week. Yeah, there was some.
2: Uh, motivation like uh, like oh there's so much work to do like what if I you know it's not a big deal to take a night off or a week off or something and so that really delays things my advice if you're writing a book
0: mm-hmm.
2: just write you know a couple sentences a day because you know maybe maybe that's all you, you get done for that day but maybe that leads to a couple pages uh, perhaps if you get on a roll and every word that you write is one word closer to
1: finishing love that so, you know, keep love chipping that. away at it so, what was it like working with an editor? I mean, that's got to be a new experience. If uh, a lot of times you're oh. writing a school paper, you don't have to deal with that. But what, what was that like? That was what was that like?
2: Yeah, it was worse than writing the book. Uh, more <laughs> grueling because they're picking apart every word and my phrasing and things like that. Um, and so then I have to go back and forth with them about what's going to be the best way to phrase this and, and but still be in my voice, and give them the right information. So lots of back and forth with that. Uh, It was pretty rough.
1: How did you find the editor? Was it, did you Google it or what, how do you do that?
2: Well, uh, through some referrals, I went onto a Facebook um, writing group and uh, asked for some referrals and then did some research for the different uh, uh, companies. But I mean, you can find an editor just off of like fiverr.com there's, you know, people with the English degree and and some free time and and but they're edited books already and you can kind of see samples of their work so that'd be, probably be the easiest way to uh, find somebody
1: so any any final words of wisdom for anybody looking to to get started And you mentioned you know chip away at it a couple of words a day anything else come to mind
2: well, with uh, writing your first book, you're probably going to have to self-publish it like I did, unless you're already a famous person. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and a name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so if you're like a famous athlete or, or something, then your name is already has a lot of recognition. And then uh, one of the big publishers will be happy to pick you up on uh, that book publishing. But if you're an unknown like myself uh, to this point, uh, you have to self-publish. And so I did a lot of research about how to self-publish to be able to make that happen. And then if this book uh, is, does really well, then, then a big time publisher uh, I'm sure would pick up my uh, additional books that I have in my head.
1: Okay, okay. So how, how, and probably the most important question, how can listeners find your book? How do they get a hold of it? Well, it's on Amazon or Barnes
2: & Noble. You just search for book about real estate by Matt Jones. And maybe in your show notes, you can have links uh, to the Amazon and, and uh, Barnes & Noble uh, pages with that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And great. I want to say
2: actually, um, there's a free chapter, a uh, free bonus chapter about real estate loopholes, like tax loopholes and all sorts of different loopholes that if you go to my website, hawkwingcapital.com backslash free, you can download that free chapter today just to check it out.
1: There you have it. There you have it from the man himself. Okay. Thanks for sharing the piece around your book. So the last piece I want to touch on is you're, you're the co-host of a podcast with Todd and on Pillars of Wealth Creation. How did you get involved with that? Did he reach out to you? Did you reach out to him?
2: Well, I, it was a f- couple of years ago. I met him at a meetup. He was doing a presentation about apartment syndication. And I realized like, you know, I, I didn't really know much about apartment syndication, mm-hmm. but I wanted to know more. So I was like, Hey, Todd here, he knows the information that I want to learn. And I, after the presentation, I went up to him and, and uh, showed him some ways that I could add value to him. And he was like, yeah, that's great. And then he reached out to me a couple months later and said, hey, can you still help me with that thing? And and I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. And so I, I added value to him. I added more value and uh, he kept asking more. And then um, eventually there was a like his the previous co-host was uh, branching off to create his own podcast, uh, John Styles. And so he had an opening and he was like, hey, Matt knows some technology uh, kind of stuff. And uh, so he offered it to me and I was like, yes, of course.
1: (laughs) That's perfect. I mean, if anybody listening that wants to get involved in some way into a new venture like multifamily, um, what Matt mentioned is a a perfect segue to get get the knowledge of someone more experienced, just find some way to add value. And this is a great way that you've done it, Matt. So what do yeah. you enjoy what do you enjoy most about the podcasting is obviously probably not the editing, but what, what do you enjoy most about the process or, or the show itself?
2: Well, because I'm constantly learning. I mean as much as I know, I'm always learning more because you yeah. know, Todd and I were just kind of talk back and forth of different topics that we're exploring and um, so it's just uh, I, I get kind of first dibs on the information that, that's coming out of the podcast. So before and when he interviews uh, guests from all around the world, uh, I'm the first person to be able to get to see that, those podcast episodes. And so then I can reach out to those uh, people before anyone else does. And, uh, and so that's kind of
1: cool. The insider track. Mm-hmm. insider track. And you can never really ever stop learning in this business for sure. Yeah. At least not to stay competitive. Ha- has it been a good source of networking and relationship building being part of that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I uh, go to meetups, I guess not during the um, pandemic so much. But uh, yeah, people recognize me, and they're like, "Hey, <laughs> you're from the podcast." Like, yeah, that's right.
1: great. So a lot, a lot of great advice throughout these different sections here, right? Um, you talked a lot about the, the book and the process behind that, and, and kind of how you got started with it, and some some good tips for for those who are looking to write their own. You brought uh, The one great point you brought up was you really how to, to add value to someone or find a way to add value to get your way in the door for something new. That, that's really fantastic. So I want to thank you for your time, Matt. I really appreciate you covering and coming on the show. Um, last question for me is how can listeners get in contact with you? Well,
2: you can go to my website, hawkwingcapital.com, and uh, you know sign up to uh, reach out to me, and then we can maybe schedule a call to chat some more.
1: Fantastic. Thanks so much, sir. We've got a special offer for our listeners out there. We're offering a promotion for a free signed book to one lucky listener. Check out our Facebook page and comment under this episode, and Matt will select one lucky listener to receive a free signed
0: copy. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cash Flow podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey. And we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.